Hello, everyone. My name is Valentine Mwamba. I'm the editor at Texim, and uh, it's another episode of Technicari. And today, um, as with all guests, they're usually very, very special. And today's one is, yeah, yeah, special is an understatement, to be honest. Um, I'm joined by Maud Chifamba and uh, Maud, hi, before I go to introduce you, because, yeesh, yeah, there's quite a bit to get through. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how are you doing? Good, thanks. How are you? I'm very well. Thank uh, awesome. you. So if, if you haven't heard of Maud's story, um, where have you been? Um, but she is Southern Africa's, as of 2012, I think it was Southern Africa's youngest ever university student, the youngest ever univer- university student at, at, at UZ. And yeah, um, yeah, I, I don't know where to start. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, I think that the best place to start is um, is your childhood, uh, because I think that, that that's that's the biggest part of, I, at least I think, of your story. So I was reading up and I saw that you lost your father really early. Yeah. Um, and, and your mother, you know, uh, while still well within your teens. Um, yeah. How did that, how did that impact you from a personal perspective before we get into the, the whole academic side of it? Um, so I, ideally my, my dad was a, was a civil servant. I was a soldier to actually be in that. I always say civil servant. I've never really said what he did, <laughs> but yeah, he was a soldier and um, he passed away a year before I started school. And I think the effect of, of, of him not being there at that point, uh, the impact was really me moving away from the traditional home where I'd been uh, born, which was in Gokwe, to go and stay in Anderstraat with one of my brothers. And uh, I think that became even became my my salvation, really, uh, because if I had never been to Anderstraat, I would never have been exposed to such long distances. I would never have thought about skimping grades as a way of not walking to school. Um, so from that perspective, Yes, it became a bit of my salvation. And then when it comes to my mom, my mom passed away um, a, year, a month after my A-level exams. Although I was still pretty young, I was 13, but um, I'd never really lived with my mother um, because after my dad had passed away, I'd moved to stay away from her and uh, stay with my brother. So the impact of that was to just leave me alone. But I'm grateful for the time that I had with both of my parents. I'm grateful for the time that I I had with my dad. My conversations with him, although I was pretty young, is what kept me going in terms of me knowing and perceiving education as the only way that I was going to change my life. And then with my mom, just watching her with my dad, um, was a motivator in the sense that I knew I never wanted that life for myself. So, in a nutshell. Um, and I can imagine that kind of uh, fueled, and I'm just, you know, guessing it, the, the persistence and the perseverance to be yeah. a high achiever. Um, because uh, the one story that I laughed at myself when I was reading about you was that you got a, was it a grade three exam when you were in grade two? And Maud was like, yeah, hold my juice box. And you just literally destroyed it. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, that happened. Um, So 
so my dad was um and and i would call him an education activist see i was born in a, in, a, in a family which was poor so we all assume that people being in the rural areas they're not exposed to as much as people in the urban areas so that makes them poor yes there's that part but there's also the part that even by rural standards you're poor like you live on food that you farm for yourselves in your fields, but you don't even have cattle to use in the field. So you have to wait for everyone else to be done to go and ask for their cattle, or you do your 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 field work using um, manually with no help from cattle and stuff. So it's it when we were then talking about it, my, my my dad would always tell me that, you know, we'd always see planes flying across the house and you'd always say, one day, you know, you could be flying those planes. You know, you will talk to me about Condoleezza Rice before I knew what Condoleezza Rice uh, or what the U.S. was. You just say, you know, one day you're going to be like Condoleezza Rice if you want to. If you want to be like her, you need to go to university. You need to go to school. So for me, the importance of education is a means to ending the poverty that was within my family was traced when I was pretty young. And that is the one impact that I'm always be very grateful to my dad. I knew that I never wanted, um, if I wanted to help myself and help my family, I needed to go to school. So even when I was reading, I was reading, I had, so when I got the grade four paper, to me, it was never told. I was never told it's a grade four paper. I just wrote an exam as an it's an exam. It's only when the teacher was then marking, because this was a composite class, you know, where you have three grades in one classroom and the teacher teaches one grade, teaches the other grade. So because you're learning, although you're in one, you're housed under the same roof, you had, you're learning pretty different things. So when I got the paper, the expectation would have been, um, I wouldn't be able to pass that, but I had 100% because when I was always reading, I had because education was important to me from such a young age. I was always reading, I had. And um, so when I got the exam, I managed to pass it as well because I'm also very naturally gifted in numbers. I've only, me being in the media is the reason why I now am a little bit better at explaining myself, but before and I didn't really do well in explaining things. Even now, I take a lot of time going around points to to explain i'm not the best orator but with numbers i am very good so that was the combination of that that is why i managed to pass that exam and then when the teacher marked it and so that it was 100 percent and that this person wrote grade for exam and she's actually grade three the following time when i actually asked him to say may i please write exams with grade five he didn't resist much he was just like oh okay cool you can try then i tried it and I was first in grade five. Then me going to grade six now, leaving this class was a different conversation because it had diff- different implications. Because for grade three, for this grade three part, it was more like, oh, she's still grade three. She's just trying grade five exams. But when the following year, I then said, I want to go to grade six. It was it was a different conversation with my teachers. I remember we 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 each were. They thought I should stay in grade four um, for my own development, but I knew there was nothing really that I would be learning in the grade four class and I needed to go to the grade six class. So yeah, it's a really funny story. Yeah, you're the kind of people who didn't like it at school, like people who just had a natural knack for this kind of thing. <laughs> They're like, you know what, the more I got this. And I, I, you're the guys who'd be like relaxed before an exam and you just- yeah, yeah. And you're the you're the type of people who if they open exam paper and they stopped, the rest of us would be shaking in our boots, like, okay, you know what? Yeah, it's over. Stop it. 
Would that? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> you know it is the truth. You guys were the, were the, were the pace setter. If you guys found it hard, I knew my failing was fine. It was okay. You know what? Yeah, the yeah. best of the best couldn't do it. So speaking of the best of the best, um, you jumped from grade three to grade six. Um, and yeah. then, and then there was a time where I think you were doing all levels by yourself. Um, yeah. not in formal school exactly. How, how, yeah. how long ago about? So, um, so, so it's also another fun story. Um, so as I've told you, my mom's impact mainly was on the, on the part of me never wanting the life she lived. Um, when back then, so I come from a community where even up to now, my cousins, I don't have any cousin that goes up to 16 and they're not married. You know, like my aunts are really worried about me that I'm 23 and I'm not married because from where I come from, uh, I don't know the word that they used to describe people like me, you know, like those late bloomers. Mm. If the family we have a family meeting, who, <laughs> why you not get married <laughs> when you're just 23? So I come from a family where the, um, and from a family in a community where the only the expectation is you get married um you so so the expectation is after your primary school school is not really that important so after your primary school you you get married so me, most my cousins they get married before 15 16 and you know when you start to, you to even speak up about it people look at you crazy like your participate and they're grown so for me i've managed to finish my primary school when i was only 10 so so by 10 wait wait, wait, wait I, I slide that past me like 10 years old i was done the rest of us were like 13 years and were grades like this. Oh, okay. no because i had skipped remember i had skipped yeah. grades it's too right? scary though so I, it's too scary <laughs> so so yeah so by 10 i was already done at my primary school and the next thing for me was to go to secondary school but then uh one there was no secondary school in this area so it was as good as i'm i've gone to the epitome of school mm-hmm. as was allowed by my, my, my circumstances but mm-hmm. then the problem came that one i did not believe in marriage so that marriage situation was never an option for me i did not believe uh, i'd not seen a marriage that i would wish for that inspired me not my parents, not, not disrespected them, but I, I, I do not wish for me to end up being my mother. So I wanted to chart a path for me. And I'd been told, if you go to school, you can actually chart a path for yourself. And I thought, you know what? Education does not belong in buildings. And then um, there was also the, it was, this was the height of the economic meltdown. Remember, people were not going to school. People were sitting in their houses anyway. So even those that could afford to go to school, um, they did not, they were not going to school because teachers were on strike. Everything was hard. So there were a lot of textbooks around and education does not belong in buildings. You can learn from anywhere. So I thought, I then decided, you know what, if I have to, if I'm going to make it, through school, this is my chance because there are a lot of resources lying around because people that are form one, form two, that's like 15, 16, they really don't care about school that much if we're all going to be honest. So they don't mind you getting their books. So I managed to capitalize on that. My family moved a lot uh, from Anders Road, then to Gweru, then to 
and so then 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 we went to check which this was like in one year and whenever we moved it exposed me to people who had a little bit more resources in the urban areas that i could just write on like man please have your notes and then i'll give you back whenever you need to go back to school so that's how that then came around because my family couldn't afford at first there was no school and then when we were in the urban areas uh, we were too poor for us to start talking about school when we we were we were going to um beets farm uh, in Chegudu and like Matonga's farm to pick up beans for for meals so now trying to, to have a conversation about I want to go to school it's like misplaced like what are your priorities we don't have food so yeah I then just use that and the fact that everyone was out of school to just read on my own and fortunately, it worked. Yeah, it worked very well because um, O level, <laughs> A level was that yeah. session. Um, and yeah. then we get to 14 and you're going to the University of Zimbabwe for accounting. Um, yeah. One thing I'm curious about is through hardship, you yeah. also had to learn concepts that were conventionally way ahead of what they what they know what they call uh normal cognitive growth so in school we're given these things you know we're paced into these very complicated things so how did you yeah. get from balancing the hardship of life and now balancing the fact that you have to learn these very super complex things and as intelligent as you are I, you know I'm, I'm pretty sure there are points you know there was a lot of um what can i say uh a give and take in that sort of relationship yeah um so I think most of these concepts, in fact, the whole of life as a, as a concept has to do so much with attitude. So for me, school was not something that my parents wanted me to do. School was not something that the community expected me to do. For me, school was something that I myself felt I needed to do. So no matter the hardship, I'll tell you this, no matter the hardship, no matter whatever life was going through, I had to make it a point that I needed to pass those exams. That was like the number one thing because to me, passing those exams, getting those concepts, grasping those concepts was the only way I was going to deal with the hardships. I did not see any other solution. I do not see any other option. Um, so, so when it is the only option, the attitude changes and how much your brain can stretch really changes. Because I, I, I remember that from as far as um, when I was like ready for that time I was skipping. I remember this is the time when I was waking up pretty early, three, four, to read. Like this is a child in primary. I think this informs to as to the importance that I, I put on education because I had been convinced and I still am very convinced that back then I was convinced that it was the only way I could change my life. And now I'm convinced it's, it is the only way I changed my life, basically. It's the only reason why life changed for me because I went to school. So that belief changed the attitude that I approach education it gave me i approach education with reverence i approach going to school with i gave it the priority i made it a priority i made it a priority as much as it deserved because to me it was the only way out of that situation so and it's your only way you don't play <laughs> that's true that i should put that on a t-shirt to be honest um <laughs> 
<laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah. getting, getting to university at the age of 14 uh, through a four-year scholarship that was given, I think it was a, the, the Zimra Chamber yeah. yeah, and you getting into university at fourteen years old now. Just to juxtapose my experience is as as useless as it is in this case. I was never ready for university. Uh, I still was okay. trying to grasp the whole social aspect of it. You know how people mm-hmm. orientate themselves in circles, as well as trying to onboard that. But I was, I think, I was eighteen, nineteen when I went to university. But for you at fourteen, mm. like, how yeah. were you able to mute what was going around? We all know what happens at uni, um, and then focus on 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 your accounting degree. So when when I went to university, um, things changed for me. Life as a concept changed as well because I would not say I had the normal university experience that everybody had, and that's okay. I'm not complaining about it. Um, I only then tried to. So, you know, I, I did my master's as well, um, 2017. I did my master's. And when I was not doing my master's, that was the time I then asked the university to say, may I please stay on campus? Because usually when you're a grad student, you're not expected to stay on campus. I asked to stay on campus because I wanted to at least have some sort of university experience because the past four years had not been anywhere close to university experience. I was still young. I was less than eight. I only graduate. I only turned eight in the year I graduate. Yeah. So I, when I went to university, I became a um, public person to some extent. Then like all these news channels were all over on my case. And then also the university uh, also felt like they had to help me to be uh to to simulate into the um into the university experience as uh, as a world so you would see that my 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 university experience was more of a hybrid high school experience my four years at university i was very much um protected i um i if i did as much as i remember one time i went for an interview at Stife um, late and I came back around 10. The following morning, I was getting calls from the dean. We know you came through yesterday at 10. Where were you coming from? You know, all those kind of things. <laughs> I love it. It's not, but that was protection because everyone thought I was a child. So my university experience wasn't so much of the typical experience. I was protected, but it also came with its benefits. The protection came with benefits. And also um, the year I went to uni, Things changed also financially. You know, I had a scholarship. You now I had a you now I had a stipend, and I was also using this stipend to take care of people at home. Um, and I then just decided to also um, share the limelight that was on me. The limelight that was on me, I did not need it. I needed to. I did not need it because really all I needed was a scholarship. Once I got that, I didn't need all that other limelight. But then I used it all to just try to shine light on people who were like me, children in farm schools, um, my former school uh, schools. So that's how I ended up, you know, building that other former school, my other former school paying fees for, I think we did 50, 50 students every year through those, press trips that I did so I would pay for like 100 students from my my former communities every year um their fees so that became the focus of my university school plus figuring out ways on how do I shine the light 
on other students who are like me. That became the essence of it. But then after that, then I did my master. Through that one year, I tried to, as much as possible, just be at university. And I think I needed that. Oh, so, you know, uh, being a genius as well as helping other students through the situation you were in. Yeah, yeah, that became my, my university experience. It wasn't the typical... Let's discover ourselves university experience. <laughs> like the rest of us. <laughs> yeah. It happens. Um, so now uh, and congratulations again for you now a chartered accountant uh at the age of twenty three. Thank you. And yeah, um yeah. At twenty three I didn't even know who I was, but um <laughs> it's just to say, uh what how are you finding the corporate world now? Um have you have you have all of your experiences like pushed you? Uh, to maturing a lot faster because at 14 going to university at, at that point even if it wasn't conventional i'm sure it, it would have pushed your maturity up a lot faster so now 23 yeah. being in the business world now uh and you know having demands and pressures you know and you know um, uh you know expectations of you how are you managing that now yeah um I, I'm, I'm i'm glad you bring up uh expectations the word expectations um so you Becoming a chartered accountant has is uh, still dimensional. So there is the school part. You have to do the school part. I didn't face any challenges with the school part because it's school. Um, then um, there is the experience part. So becoming a chartered accountant has nothing to do with, with your age. There is just a certain level of skills that uh, the Institute of Children Accountants expects you to have. They expect you to have A, B, C, D, E. Um, and you. it doesn't really matter how old you are. If you want to be a children accountant, you have to satisfy them that you can do whatever they need you to do to give you that certification. So I liked that part uh, because before it was all a matter of more 14, more 14. And here there were expectations that just did nothing to do with edge. And I had to, as you said, mature very fast. Um, I'm so grateful that I'm, I got to do my articles in a firm, which is basically um, a, a young firm, you know, even the partners, they're young. Um, you have people coming from high school joining in to do their articles. So there was nothing special about me being young. There was nothing special about me being um uh, 19 when I joined the firm. I think I was, was I 19? Yeah. There was nothing special about me being 19, 20 when I joined the firm. It was just like more, this is what we expect you to do. As an audit senior, this is what we expect you to do. Even right now, uh, as a technical manager at my current company, it's just more as a manager, this is what we expect you to do. And I like those models because they don't put other limits on people. But yes, I had had to grow very fast and I'm very grateful for it. And you know, it's not growth that just comes with papers. You know, sometimes academic growth comes like it's just papers, you get a degree, so what? It's growth that you can see, like, oh, now I can actually review financial statements. Now I actually make decisions in an organization oh i made that decision here is the effect and i love it because it's practical it's you can really assess the impact that the organization gets from having you on board and i love it because it also gives me the chance to define the impact that i want to make in whatever roles i'm in and just go straight for it and then being a ca the respect that comes with being a ca gives me the platform to make the impact that i I want to make, which 
I think at 23 and then getting to use that qualification for the rest of your life, I think is, is quite a privilege that I'm very grateful for. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm still gobsmacked, but uh, thank you very much for joining us. I know you have a, <laughs> a pressing commitment very, very soon. And thank you for making the yeah. time to have a chat with me. Um, and yeah, uh, we hope to have another one soon in the future when we have more time just to explore more of the concepts and what you've learned um, through your life. Thank you so much. It was nice talking to you. All right. Uh, and everybody who are listening, thank you very much for your time. Uh, we'll be back as usual very, very soon. Bye-bye. Sure. Bye.